Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Bucks Leading Radio. It's your boy Jacobs, as always, on the mic. Before I introduce my guest today, I want to talk to you about Audible.com and the awesome deal that you get for being a listener of this podcast. So you'll get a 30-day free trial, a free audiobook, just by using our URL, and that is www.audibletrial.com slash bucksleadingradio. Go give it a whirl. Try it out. If you don't like it, cancel it. I mean, I don't really care at that point. You're helping me out by using the code. If you like it, keep it going. I actually find it very uh, a very good way to listen to books, uh, and I used it in my own life. So uh, go check that out. Again, that's www.audibletrial.com slash Bucks Leading Radio. All right. So it's Monday, February 18th, and I'm joined by a recurring guest, friend of the podcast, David Dunn. How are we doing? Hello, friends. This, uh, as we've been alluded to here a little bit, is, is a, a special episode, I guess you could say. We're in all-star break right now. All-star game was yesterday. Uh, I wasn't able to catch it. I I'm just got back from vacation, so uh, I've been in the car for 11 hours over the night, drove the whole way back from Nashville to Milwaukee. So we're going we're gonna to see how this goes. But uh, I'm excited to get some hot takes on our friend Chris Middleton. Are you ready for this? I was born to have this podcast. Yes, we're ready. Let's go. <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine having anybody else on here to discuss this. Well, hey, check uh, it out. Because, you know, the last, time, the last time I was on, the last time I was mm-hmm. on, and I, I'm prone to do this. And as I listen back, um, I was probably a little grading, maybe a little bit obtuse. So what we're going to do this time, Jacoops, if it's all right, I'm just going to take it slow. All right. I'm I'm here to present a point of view. It's a point of view that I believe I'm not really prepared for this other than we've been fighting about this for three years, but we're just going to take it easy. And as a, as a caveat, let's get the disclaimers out of the way. Now, um, these are things that I, I believe like, one of the most annoying things on Twitter or anywhere else is when people try to act like if you don't agree with an opinion that you're stupid, right? You know, at the most, we should say, well, your opinion's stupid at the most, right? But I'm I'm not going to try to hit anybody with friendly fire. I certainly have some opinions that I, I feel are sort of sort of critical of certain people in the media or certain um, ways of looking at basketball or maybe a little bit analytics, but not really analytics. But again, the way I feel like people misuse them. But we're just going to talk. I don't have anything prepared. If it's all right with you guys, let's chill. Let's talk about the Bucks. It's been a great Bucks season and we can go from there. But I want everybody to just relax. Like we're, it's not, I don't want this to be, I felt like the last podcast, uh, podcast was a little bit grading. And uh, l- let's go the opposite way this time. I like that. And I think that's important to get out of the way right away. Um, <clears throat> because it, even us just having this conversation is it, just good Bucks fandom. You know, we're discussing a hot topic uh, going into a very, I, I guess you could use the word controversial off season uh, in and there's a lot of unknowns and a lot of people are going to have different opinions on what we should do and sign who. So Chris is uh, always a hot topic when it comes to that conversation. And and even if I disagree agree with you, I'll tell you I disagree with you, but that doesn't, dis, you know, devalue your opinion at all. And I think that's Twitter. I think Bucks Twitter is pretty good about that, um, which has been nice. So, let, I mean, let's just get started. So, I mean, I think the biggest question and honestly, the one I really wanted to ask you, and I'm that's why I just want to get it out of the way right here. Do you think Chris deserves to be an all-star? I mean, he was, he is, he's will forever now be known as an all-star NBA player. But in your opinion, from what you've seen every Bucks game, did he deserve to be on that court yesterday? Absolutely not. I don't think anyone. And here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to go right against what I said at the onset by saying, I don't think anyone with two eyes uh, thinks he was an all-star. Bledsoe was our all-star. I think that was pretty obvious. Um, but you didn't watch the game. He played great in the game. Mm-hmm. He he was absolutely abysmal, or, or as I like to call him, the true Chris Middleton uh, during the three-point contest. And he was like, from the start, heat-checky the entire time. And I can't, I don't want to give him faint praise. It was probably the third best game he's ever had at any level anywhere, which probably shows my opinion of Chris, but he played great. It was a lot of fun. The All-Star game was a lot of bit fun. I feel like maybe they played a little bit harder last year, 
but it was as Bucks fans, and especially with the kind of pick them up format that we still had, both Bucks on Team Giannis made it a real look. It didn't feel like a regular season game, but it was certainly well. It didn't feel like a regular season game against the Celtics. It felt more impactful than a game against the Magic to me, and they were red hot. Like I mean. The uncontested dunks or even by Giannis are kind of like whatever. Like I was, every, I think everybody was happy. Like, oh, he's got eight points. Now he's got 10 points. Oh, he's going to shoot a three and then he missed and then he made some threes later. But, you know, the Steph Curry bounce pass, like a lot of stuff with Giannis, I, I feel like is like everyone's just trying to top each other by, by making the most extreme comment of how great this is and all this stuff. The Steph Curry bounce pass was amazing. He, he bounced it. It was like an NBA Jam kind of bounce. Like it made no sense as we watched it. It looked like you were watching Space Jam or something like that. And it was the rare kind of thing where you've watched a billion basketball games, and as he bounced it, you really didn't know what was happening. It's 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 the one kind of saving grace of the of the dunk contest. Still, is that still if a guy nails the dunk the first time, you're like, oh, I've never quite seen that before. I'm not sure if I'm going to see something I've never seen before. And so, yeah, he caught it on the way down, but it was like Steph Curry was intentionally trying to sabotage him by like bouncing the most ridiculous pass ever. I mean, for a guy who can like make shots from out of bounds and knows all the angles like this master hand-eye coordination, he bounced it so far ahead of, I think Durant was the defender. I could talk about that for an hour. Well, it was a great. It, it, Giannis came out and said the pass is intended for Joel, who is trailing him. But decided to go up for it anyway because he was ha- he thought he had a shot at it. The timing of it was great because it's not look it, it it it's not like he caught it at the apex or anything. He caught no. it at the way down, but he's mm-hmm. just so tall and long that it just meant it just worked, and it was it was a really kind of special. People will be talking about that for a little bit. Oh yeah, but I mean, let's talk about Chris's like he was what four for four from three off the bat. Uh, just coming as you said off of a rather disappointing three point contest performance. And he and he looked very comfortable. I mean, I think a lot of that just stemmed from playing with Giannis and having Budenholzer as the coach. He probably felt more at home because you're right. You don't normally see Chris go seven for 13 from the field and shoot 60% from three and drop 20 points on a game like that. Here's the point, though. And, and this is, again, this is one of my smaller points. So I, I want to kind of work big to small, but I do think that's... I hate I hate saying this right away. Like we've all like you've played basketball before. I feel like anybody who's listening to this has played basketball on some level, even if it's just for fun. Mm-hmm. I'm not calling Chris Middleton a choker. Like I, I feel like feel like anytime we say like uh, the pressure gets to somebody that ears close up, and that's not really what we want. But when he's freed from consequence. He shoots a lot better, which I think is true of most players, and that's except all but the greats, of which Chris is certainly not one of. But he he he's freed when when it doesn't matter. He's pretty loose, and you know I, I think it's a it's a thing that that we all kind of a uh, trap that you can always fall into where you think just because a guy misses a shot that it means something that is some flaw in character. It's like no guys guys just miss miss shots or make them they get hot or they don't, but. <sighs> My big criticism from him from last year, which I don't think is as much uh, prominent this year because the Bucks have been destroying just about every team, which has been awesome, which is really what we should talk about. But, you know, when the Bucks would be down 15, it was like, okay, Chris Middleton time. Let's get some garbage time threes up. And even like, like you can't call game five or game seven of the playoffs garbage time, but because you should try the whole time. But once the Bucks were down like 20 against the Celtics in game seven, it was like Middleton was like unstoppable. And once the game is, you know, that that Charlotte game where he got to forty three points when the Bucks are getting destroyed, like th- there's there's a little bit of an aspect of that, but no, it was one of the best games he's ever played. It was an exhibition, so it doesn't count. Uh, if it's all right with you, let's move past the All Star game because sure. let's do it. No, he shouldn't have been there. I mean, do you think again? I'll, I'll turn it on you. Did, was Chris Middleton an All Star? No, I don't think so, and I, I and I'll die on that hill uh, because I, I agree with you in that I think if you were gonna pick somebody else on the Bucks, it was Eric Bledsoe. I honestly don't necessarily believe that those two guys should have been in, in, in the all-star game overall. I think you could make arguments for other people that had more merit. Uh, but I, I, I've said that on, on previous podcasts, and, and I think a lot of it is 
you know, you look at the all-star game and you look at like everybody who watches any sort of basketball, if you catch one to two games a year and then you watch the all-star game, you still know 99% of uh, 99% of people that watch two games a year would still know every, every player on the court. Um, even if they're not a fan of the, those teams, they still know who that guy is because the NBA is such a star driven league. I guarantee you there's people out there like who, who is Chris Middleton again? Who does he play for? Why is he there? What does he do for that team? Um, and this isn't taking anything away from Chris. I think he is a, a solid role player. I think he adds a lot of value and the dollar amount of value that he offers is really what this all comes down to because of his, because <clears throat> he's on a contract year. But no, I, I, I completely agree. I don't think he's an all-star. I don't think he he's not a true second banana. And I think that it's been proven time and time again, yet people continue to to argue the latter. And it, it doesn't make any sense to me. So I, I I just, I go back and forth on like, I think if you want to, like, we can go on any other topic you want. But I mean, my question, this is the biggest thing and I, what I've been asking everybody all year. And I think maybe even you and I touched on this in our in our last podcast you came on. But the who's get who are you going to sign first, and then are you going to sign Chris Middleton, and for what amount of money are you willing to give him? I think is the really the main question that we're all going to be looking to answer. And I think that a conversation like this is really what they got to be have. Like, like who can we get to replace him? What what production will we really be missing if he's gone? Because and and honestly, here's an even better question for you: Does Chris Middleton fit in Mike Budenholzer's system? No, but that part is cool. But let me sidestep your question because I think we come back to it because I think. <sighs> so, again, my blanket disclaimer, Um, I love Frank and Eric. I love Adam and Jordan Um, personally, as well as the work that they put out. If I sideswipe them a little bit, I'm really not talking about them, but, you know, we go back and forth on this stuff on Twitter. Mm-hmm. The truth is that there's. There's the real world, and then there's Twitter, and then there's so so. My beef with the all so let's cover the all star part. My beef with the all star thing is, I blame those guys a little bit, and I mean not specifically any one of them, but I blame the narrative because the narrative, like again, everybody wants to talk about analytics, but we're human beings and we're driven by narratives and we're driven by our perception of events, and if. I don't want to call anyone out individually. If collectively, if you're a Bucks fan and you're a season ticket holder, let's say it this way. If you're a Bucks fan and you watch just about every game, which most of us watch just about every game if we don't have to work or something. I don't think anyone who's not on Twitter would think that Chris Middleton is our second best player. He's frankly been disappointing most of the games. I don't think anyone at the start of the year, if you said, hey, the Bucks are going to be 43 and 14, what is it now? Something like that is 43 and 4. It was 414. Four. Mm-hmm. If you were like, if I was like Jacobs, I'm here from the future. Mm-hmm. I'm here from February with my DeLorean, and you're not going to believe this, but we're 43 and 14, and we're top five offense, defense, all these ratings, all this and that. Uh, and it's basically been from game one. We were 7 and 0 or whatever we started out. We've been just running the league. We've been ripping through the league pretty much. Couple hiccups. But we've beaten the good teams. It's not like it's almost that the season is boring. We're so good. If I'd have told you that mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. right? Like after you did like a backflip. And then I said, okay, but I'm going to give you $100,000 if you can guess how many points a game Chris Middleton has averaged and he hasn't been hurt. And again, I told you our offense is great. He would have said 22, 21, 20. He was 20 last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's just start with expectations, right? Like, like no one would have thought he, like, so again, like they're trying to bury the name. I'm going to slow down. I'm going to start speeding up. I'm going to slow it down. I'm gonna slow it down. We're friends here. We are. We're- 17 points a game is, un- is ridiculous. Like, like it's been tried to like been covered in a lot of different ways. You would no one would have guessed 17 points a game. That's not a lot of scoring. So let's start with sure. that. And but the narrative around Chris, like, so, he, so not only that, the last time I looked this up and again, I don't have any notes or I don't have the monitor out in front of me. So if I'm a little bit off on this stuff, fine. But 
The last time I looked, like, Chris was 39% in the fourth quarter. And, like, Brogdon was 60% or something crazy like that. Yeah, Brogdon Again, the, the real answer is we only have we only have one all-star. The absolute answer yes. is that Bledsoe has played better. And Brogdon has played a little bit better. And Lopez is kind of a different thing. But we have one all-star, but we have an MVP all-star in this Giannis. And I think we can all kind of agree on that. And so it's just my personality or my personality flaw, maybe, that, like, I'm interested in this kind of stuff. Like, this is interesting because the season got a little bit boring. And I've been railing against Chris for three years, so let's be fair. Like, if people want to say, hey, you're biased or whatever, that's cool, I'm pretty sure we talked about it uh, the first time you're on the podcast last year uh, in the last season. So, yeah, I mean, this isn't anything new, at least from your end. I was sponsoring Ty Windish's podcast, and he was like, hey, David Dunn, like, it was like 2016, it was like the year LeBron won. He's like, David Dunn, he's a good dude, uh, but uh, he's a Chris hater. And they're like, Chris hater? Who's a Chris hater? It's like, uh, I, 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 he, I basically traded MCW for him, and I didn't mean to, but that's just kind of the way it went. Um, I measure, like, like, it's not his fault. I don't think, especially. I just don't think he's, and it's a term in business, and this is the term I kind of want, I use somewhere. Chris Middleton has risen like a middle manager to the level of his own incompetence. He was never supposed to be this good. And he's actually not this good. Like, we see it every time. That's why he's so disappointed. He's put in positions he should never be put in, right? He's 6'7". He's slow. He can do some things. But, like, even, like, that's the crazy thing about all these articles in The Ringer of Sharks are all these guys, like, saying, well, like, they try to write these glowing pieces about, like, we got to pay him and he's this and that. And there was a ridiculous one, This, like, I think it was this morning, like, is he the 23rd best player in the league? But really, I want to make him top 10. I love his game so much. I love his oh, numbers yeah, so much. And it's that. like, yo, what universe are you watching? Like, like, and so I wish those guys wouldn't be such jerks and like, <laughs> like blowing them up so much because it polarizes people who just want to like the Bucks into being like, hey, we, we watch these games. There's not, I think. I missed the Pacers game. I guess he had a really great fourth quarter after starting out two mm-hmm. for 12. But that's pretty much been his experience. He never, like, he never shows up in the fourth quarter. If he shows up in the fourth quarter, like his approach, you can tell that his approach is to maybe get up one shot in the last five minutes. And if he makes that shot, he's like, maybe I'll try another. But he's a complimentary piece. He was always a complimentary piece. It's not his fault. He's supposed to be a six man. Like we pumped him up to this point in which we're asking him to do stuff that he can't do, right? He just can't do it. He's not Ray Allen. He's not like Michael Red. He's not, you know, you know, I got a rip for saying he was kind of John Salmon's last year, but he's like, you, I've watched the league for far too long to have a bunch of nerds, like tell me that like some guy who puts up some numbers, but doesn't is good. Like he's not an all-star. Can he be a helpful piece? Yeah. And actually I think, the optimization of his skills now is if he turns himself into some kind of glue guy. But look, like, dude, seriously, like we talked two months ago, he got mm-hmm. benched. Like what changed in the last two? We talked two months ago, he yep. had got benched. He had scored six points on Christmas Day. I, mean, I forget how much. It might have been 10 points. But he had, you know, done nothing on Christmas Day and kind of embarrassed himself. Like this is two months ago. And it's so fascinating to me as somebody who's interested a little bit in conspiracy theories and interested in like, like the fall of the banks and the credit uh, the systems and, and like the housing market. And I'm, I'm interested in all this stuff where a bunch of people said one thing, but but they were wrong, but they just kept pushing it. And, and other people knew that they were right, but like they got shouted down. So so selfishly, I'm interested in this kind of stuff. But like there's no point to pump him. Like it's I feel like it's this bizarre joke being played on me that people want to act like he's good. And like it's funny, like I get it. Like so if he has a bunch of bad games and I make some snarky tweet, then I get it. Like if you every time he makes like two threes in a row, people are gonna come back and that's that's like fine. That's mm-hmm. that's fun. Like I never get mad, like we have fun with that kind of stuff. But like Jacobs, do you know what Chris Middleton's per thirty six numbers uh, are? No, I do know that Kane had them and that was where everybody kind of like they leaned on heavy on that as their as their saving grace, their holy grail for the Chris Middleton uh, stands, if you will. Um, but not off the top of my head, I do not know them. No. Yeah. No, I don't either. Look, I'm I'm in a dark room. <laughs> I don't know. But like, but like, it was like the craziest thing, and I was like, "Yo, you're running game on us, man!" Like, 
like Malcolm Brogdon had similarly great per 30. I, I guess everyone has great per 36 well, numbers. Me, I mean, is, is what I'm. Let me t- jump in here because I have a couple a couple of points that I've thought of. Like as you were as you were talking, and 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 go one for thing it. it. Go for it. You know, you're no, you're fine. Like I, I'm actually just enjoying listening to it because I'm taking it all in. And I want to I want to form a valid valid opinion, uh, whether agreeing or disagreeing with you back. But um, <clears throat> you know, to your point about Chris being a glue guy, I think that's what he is right now. I mean, he was he was always kind of a glue guy when we got him. He you know helped recruit Greg Monroe. He met with Coach Budenholzer before he was hired. He's been put in the sort of, sort of like leadership role Such a mistake. as Giannis was developing. And I think it's still just now Giannis is kind of the leader, but they still look to Chris. I mean, six-year vet, and he's got a lot of grit to him coming from the G League, stuff like that. But I, I, like, I feel like we even picked up his replacement, if you could argue, in Nikola Mirotic this season already. Because he does Thank you. Absolutely. Right? Like he he is like he's a similar <laughs> player. He has similar and almost even better assets in a better three-point shooting. He averages relatively the same amount of points. He's averaging 16.7 this year in 28 minutes with less field goals attempted. So um you know, I mean if you can take you can take stats and bend them to really any narrative you want, which is exactly what I just did there because I picked three out and it seemed like it was right. So I, I, I think it's very interesting that you bring up this narrative because I haven't really thought about this and what we push, whether it's Buck's Twitter or Buck's Reddit, you know, whatever you go to, or even Facebook. But, um, you know, it's very interesting to see the kind of things that people post. You can really tell who is watching a game and who isn't. Uh, I think it was Sith. Sith threw out a video today about uh, yes. some of the, the radio hosts and radio shows where, he, you know, he goes, you can tell when people don't watch the game. Because it, it's true. If you just look at stats, you feel like you think you know what happened. But it's like looking at uh, the all-star stats. You don't really know what happened. It just looks like everybody played really well. Or you look at a close game, but you don't see the momentum, momentum shift or the, the good defense that was played by, and just using the Bucks as an example, by Eric Bledsoe or even DJ Wilson. Uh, and so like those are things that I, I find very interesting. And, and I, I, I almost see, now that I'm thinking this through, Mirtich, because this could almost be like a tryout, be like, hey, we know you don't want as much money as Chris. If he plays well, maybe we'll let Chris walk and sign Miritich. <laughs> so here's why I sidestepped sure. your question before, because I think this one of the class. And again, I'm being unfair because I realize I'm being unfair. You should always be able to argue both sides of any conversation. That's where you kind of, to me, get a little bit of clarity. So to the extent that I'm being a little unfair, I'll admit it. But I... You know, I, I don't well, know. What to okay, say. but I think so. To be able to argue both sides, yes, but you also know where you stand. Understanding the other side allows you to create a better argument for yourself because you know what they're going to say. My biggest thing about Chris well, Middleton, it, and then I'll let you talk. My biggest ahead. thing with Chris Middleton is he's already like there's no proof of concept that he's actually as good as people want him to be. He had a stretch of games where Giannis was hurt, where he was given the ball, he was the guy on our team, and he could not do it. Then we brought in Bledsoe, and now he's not necessarily the guy, but he does a lot of the things where you're like, he is the reason we won that game last night. Or without him, I don't know if we could have won that game last night because of the way he plays his defense, the way he's able to drive to the hoop and and create shots for other players. Chris is, as we've already said, he should be like a six-man, but I, I... I don't get it. I think people just love him because he was here when we sucked. He he loves the team and loves Milwaukee and was able to to rep it for us when when we weren't great and we didn't have a lot of supporters. And I also think that now we're getting into this discussion even deeper because we are good. We have the ability to get better players. And I think a lot of us and maybe just me are like, why don't we try to get the better players um, and maybe not pay Chris Middleton like we had to pay everybody else to stay in Milwaukee in the past. Well, here's the thing, though. Like, so the reason you should argue someone else's case in your head is because then one of the reasons is that then you see when they're running game on you. And then you're like, oh, wait, that doesn't make sense. I could see how someone would think that makes sense. So there's a couple of, and again, I'm not going to be fair here, but I, I believe this, but I, I'm, you can pick apart what I'm saying a little bit. The per 36 narrative was just a way to pretend is it like, it's like pretending he's a good rebounder. Chris Middleton is not a good rebounder by any stretch of the imagination. He doesn't really get uncontested rebounds. He's not a good rebounder. So you sometimes you have to like take 10 steps back and be like, what is this guy good at? And of course, there's all kinds of players in the league. They're just a jack of all trades. That's fine. 
you don't pay them like all stars, but but whatever. The per thirty six narrative, like, forgets the logical leap that no one wants to address because everyone was just stars in their eyes over the Celtics series. Chris Middleton was bad last year. He was bad all of the majority of last year. And but you know, streak like Tony Snell. I forget what the number was. Tony Snell was like forty five percent from three for the first half of the season or something like that. Like we forget this. Like this is what happens in the NBA for non starters. They have these huge swings in shots, mm-hmm. right? Like the entirety of Bucks Twitter got mad about Ursan Ilyasova, who you know I didn't want back, but like whatever. He he had a real cold streak. What was his cold streak? Was it thirty shots over? Six games like or was 40. it, it was like, like I don't know how many shots and it, it was like forty shots. I'm pretty sure it was like oh for forty in like seven to, to a dozen games. <laughs> I don't know what it was. It was, was pretty it bad. bad. But that's but that's my point. Like like certain guys like the the burden of the reason certain guys are starters is we have to assume not that they'll never get streaky because that'd be ridiculous, but. You know, it's different if you're like one for three. If you're Ursan and you're like one for three, oh for five, oh for five, oh for seven, you know. The starters peaks and valleys are higher or are lower. They're less dramatic. It's like, you know, kind of like how Shabazz Muhammad would drop twenty five in a game and then would go oh for twelve in game seven of the Boston Celtics series because Prunty decided to play him for twenty five (laughs) minutes. Yes. (laughs) That's a really good point. But 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 again, the conspiracy thing with Chris, like I'm not mad at Chris, I'm sure he's a good dude. The but as this has gone deeper, and as people have repeatedly, people who, some of whom are smart, but some aren't as smart as me, people have tried to dunk on, like, like we all watch the game, and this is where, like, I feel like the nerds go a little bit too far, and of course, when I say nerds, I don't mean a pejorative, I'm just using a term we can all, like, relate to, I don't mean to call you nerds, well, even we're if all you nerds. are nerds, we're, we're cool, sitting right? here talking about a sport, so, I mean, right, we're sitting here talking <laughs> exactly. on a we're nerds, that's exactly. fine, that's, wrong that's a really good point, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fine, but, you go. They go too far when they try to tell me that I'm not watching what I'm watching. And Chris Middleton, and again, so, so to, mm-hmm. I, we're jumping around. I think he has a really strong future on this team as a sort of glue guy if that's what we're going to make him do. Now, dude, the defense has been so overrated. Like, people were like, like I watched back, the, like people are so, like, I guess, rooting for him that, that like every time he, like, they're like, oh, he shut down Kawhi Leonard. And it's like, oh, you watched the game. And it was like, well, Giannis was backing him up. And, like, he made a couple good plays. But, like, or, or like, oh, like, earlier in the season, it was like, he shut down KD. And then you watch it, and you're like, well, uh, he had one steal. He had a couple steals here. But, like, oh, well, Henson blocked a shot here, and Giannis blocked a shot here. And you're just like, yeah, it's never what you watch. when they, But whenever he did anything, it's like we're pumping him up like he's, like, a little league player and it's your kid and we're like oh look what you did you contributed Chris that's great but he's in an all-star game like Eric look the problem is everybody I think everybody has an accurate assessment like the wisdom of crowds everyone has a pretty accurate assessment of every player on the Bucks team except Chris everybody's like Giannis is awesome Giannis is awesome everybody's like man Bledsoe when he tries hard he's he's really good but he's kind of a rockhead I don't trust his shot but he's not scared to shoot it that's what I think of Bledsoe. I don't know if I want to pay Bledsoe. That's what everyone thinks the same thing on Bledsoe. Brogdon, people are like, he dribbles too much. Uh, he He's straight line to the basket. Man, he's clutch. Man, if he can get the shot off, it's great, but he can't always get the shot off. That's what I think of Malcolm. Everybody thinks the same about Malcolm. Everybody thinks the same about Brooke. Man, he's just, he, he can shoot from half court and it's awesome, but maybe he can't stay on the court in certain matchups. Like, that's what I think of Lopez. Go DJ Wilson, it's like, everyone's like, I didn't right. see that coming. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Every single guy on the team, we see exactly the same. And then Chris Middleton, like they act like he's Ray Allen. I, must I mean, you know, you're good. I, I'm, I'm just listening to it because I, I think I know where you're going with it because it, it's almost like I, it's almost like everybody's trying to validate the amount of money that he's looking for. I feel like that's what I see. Right. And so. And so the final the final refuge of the argument again for your listeners, you can disagree, man. It's cool. It's you can disagree. And maybe he's your favorite player on the team, and that's cool. I know people who like Tony Snell is their favorite player on the team. It's whatever, right? No. Like I'm not bashing your guy. I'm really not. 
I'm actually no, really not. We're just saying that people but, are saying he's way better than he actually is. He deserves to be in the NBA and he deserves to play basketball at the highest level because he is good. He's just not. I don't think he's all star good. He's not all star good. And I don't know if he just has these kind of connections or what, because the articles that are coming out for him on the ringer and other places are bananas. And like, and they're so defensive like basically this isn't a quote but it's like if you don't want to pay him you're stupid is like the quote of all these articles and they just come right after the other and they just keep trying to top each other on being like and so the last and of course if if you don't want chris middleton to get paid 35 million you know that that means you want Giannis to leave right but yeah like yeah i feel like i've seen that let me uh ask you a couple (sighs) questions because i think uh, there's a lot of different things that I, that have come up. I think you, you normally are, we're allowed to disagree about players' abilities and what we see them do on the court versus the statistics. And I mean, this is just what anybody's been talking about in sports for the last however many years. But this has become so dis- divisive because of his free agency coming up. So my question to you is, you know, wh- what level are you like, nope, I'm not paying him. Are you not paying him at all? Are you going to pay him $20 million a year and over how many years? Like, What is your threshold of like, okay, I'll still keep Chris for this. Uh, and, and then if they do that, are you okay kind of leaning back and being like, okay, I'm okay having Chris on this team for this amount of money? This is where I just have to punt. I don't know. Whatever horse, and this is where we have to say whatever horse does, we hope. Well, I'll right. tell you, we're getting darn close to getting a Again, statue I'm on not... the Pfizer Forum for horse, so it's very close. Yes. Um, you just have to have faith at this point. We don't, because again, like the thing is, I, I'll tell you what I think I know, and whether I know it or I don't, that's what I think I know. But we talked about, and I talked on other podcasts, but we talked about the camp. That's the other thing, too. I think I said this last uh, two times ago. Everything eventually comes out. So how interesting it is on all these like middle, it's like some of them, I don't want to call them all puff pieces. Some of them are quite good. I thought the Eric name one, I don't have the athletic, but I read that one. Uh, Eric does a great job as usual, but we get this. Oh, look, they didn't like each other. Well, guess what? We knew for a long time that Jared Bayless didn't like anybody. And you kind of just see it. So we had Jason Kidd as the coach, uh, just, just encouraging like the kids to like, fight each other to the death to prove their love for him or whatever. And that's how Jason Kidd was like basically running the hunger games in the 2015 bucks like locker room. And we said at the time that Jabari was a casualty. And I hate bringing up Jabari. Cause that's like, people like feel like they can like clap back on me about Jabari. And it's like, yeah, fine. It's like, it's not my fault. That didn't work out. I don't know what to tell you, but like we said before, it's like, it seems like there's chemistry issues in the locker room. It seemed like it was last year. And a lot of times it seemed like it was all hunky-dory. A lot of times it didn't seem like it was at all, just visually. And I I don't know. I was really annoyed last week that we got to hear about, first of all, like, hey, do you remember the pinky injury thing? Well, yeah. I feel like that came yeah. and went. Do you well, remember I remember this? him injuring his pinky. I remember, the, so he started out the season making 100 out of 100 threes or something like that. And, you know, like some of them were like, you know, the, the entire team, like the Bucks. the reason I feel like when the Bucks started out 7-0 and and then we're basically 500 yep, for the next yep. however many games, 14 games or something like that, I felt like it was an appropriate criticism. And that was the last mm-hmm. time yeah, I was I think on, it was around there. I think. I, th- I felt like... I thought we'd have another streak, but I thought it was an appropriate criticism to say, hey, did we get off to a hot start because teams weren't prepared for us? to?" Oh, look, no one was prepared for us to start bombing with Brooke Lopez and no, everybody. I mean, okay, the first looking back games. at that, I was like, everybody settled down, but it was a fair criticism, but you're right. I'm just saying you're right because people got film on us after the first seven games. It's all it is. It's any yeah, that's, sport, that's, right? It's like when normal. Tim Tebow first started playing a high school offense in the NFL, he won games because they weren't prepared for that. And then they figured him out and they shut him down. You know what I mean? Around the same time, the Clippers and the Kings and the Pistons were also getting off to great starts. That happens every year. Sometimes it's the Bucks. It's just, you know, hey, we're four and one or something like that. But it's just, yeah, that that happens every year. So I thought it was fair to say, 
again, I'm not using this to diminish Middleton, but like everybody was bombing. They didn't know what to do. This is great. Because again, if you played basketball, it's real easy to shoot mm-hmm. when there's no pressure. And this goes back to my pressure comments before. Again, not that he's a choker or anything like that. But hey, if we're just all laughing and shooting threes and we're up 15, it's easy to like crack off a bunch of threes now, you know, because right. it doesn't matter one way or the other. We're just, we're, I'm supposed to shoot, so I'm going to shoot. But we had this pinky excuse that came out of nowhere that, that after he got cold, he got super cold and people were like, well, he hurt his pinky in the off season. And it's like, well, yeah, but you started out making everything. And so, okay, it's fine, whatever. Like, I'm sure he's actually hurt, right? And then we have the, he got benched. He didn't go for rebounds and cost us a Charlotte game. And then he got benched the next game. And if my timeline's a little off, whatever. Mm-hmm. We lost the yep. next game, right? And so then this week, we retroactively get these excuses about how sick he was in the Raptors, like game six, that he was on an IV or something like that. And it's like, you know, he blew Raptors game six. And I was kind of annoyed by that. But look, it's a, it's a professional player trying as hard as he was. You know, he threw the ball away. And, you know, he threw the ball away and, like, tried to get his three-point call in the last minute and kind of wrecked that, that comeback. So are you just like, complaining okay, that he, was he bad in the excuses that are coming up? Or not necessarily complaining, but you saying, I'm just like, saying you shouldn't, like, you should just own it. I'm, I'm telling you, and again, I'm telling you without ripping certain gotcha. people that I like very much, that, dude, he's got pictures on people, or he's just that great of a guy, or I just don't see, like... Where are the puff pieces on Eric Bledsoe, I think man? They're coming. I think, like, I, think I know they did coming. a couple of them. I think them, you're right? going to see a lot of stands come out of the woodwork for a lot of these people because, yeah, I mean, for all of the guys, right? But like again, how often on Twitter have you heard? Did you know? Because I looked this up. I, I don't feel like I'm sure it's somewhere, and there's a million websites. And again, I'm being unfair. I'll tell you if I think I'm being unfair. Malcolm Brogdon's still on pace for fifty, forty, ninety. And every guy on that list, I believe, is a yep. deep Hall of well, Famer, right? <laughs> like it's not like 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 borderline Hall of Famers. It's like it's Nash and Nowitzki, and it's all the, and Bird and those. The guys. interesting thing with Malcolm Brogdon, Brogdon, and this is a quick note that, and then we'll move back to Chris here. The interesting thing about Brogdon is people were complaining about him early on this season that he didn't fit in the system and that he didn't look comfortable, and that now everybody's kind of completely flipped. And I remember because I there's an episode this season of my podcast where I discussed that, you know, does his, does he fit in the system? What's his role look like? But now we've turned it all around and he's on pace, as you mentioned for a record season. And that's one thing that you're going to start seeing too, is people aren't going to look back and be like, well, he did not look comfortable in the system yet. Or they just use the excuse of it's a new system. Let them figure it out, which I think is somewhat you can use to Chris's uh, advantage because he, he did have to. He does have to change his game a bit to fit into Budenholzer's system because he is such a mid-range heavy shooter, not necessarily a three-point shooter. So I think there is some th- something to be said for his offensive production for that. Yeah, but and and I think I was defending mm-hmm. him the last time we were on, right? But but let me tell you, when that happened, um, nobody on brew hoop or behind the bug pass or any of these quite excellent websites were saying like, if you don't believe in Malcolm Brogdon, you're an idiot. And I'm not saying they do it. That's on true. Yeah. It's only middle. That's kind of more of a point. And again, that, that's not really his fault, but I just don't under the disconnect of why everyone, why is he the anointed one? Is it just cause he's been here the longest? Because my beef with him making the all-star team is, and, and Eric and those guys don't really want to, recognize the great power and influence that they have but if there was because like it's it's all the guys like me who are cast into the shadows who are saying this right and a lot of people agree but don't want to speak up about it because who wants to disagree with like Mm -hmm. checkmark guys really but but had the narrative been that man buck's twitter is having a civil war about chris middleton which is really what is ongoing i I, I I think that's fair to say but had that filtered up to Bill Simmons and Zach Lowe and those guys. Because when you listen to those podcasts, they're like, I listen to all those All Star podcasts too. And they're like, uh, seems like maybe it's Bledsoe. Is it Lowry? Should it be Siakam and Bledsoe? Or should it be Lowry and Middleton? Well, Middleton, uh. And then the, then the narrative came in all these articles. Well, he's, he's, he's having to adjust or he's sacrificed. And this, I'm sorry, because I'm going to be a little. You're fine. Loud. I don't want to be loud, man. I don't want to be loud. The narrative that he's sacrificing, he's not sacrificing Jacobs, he's playing yes. poorly. 
Budenholzer didn't ask him to shoot 43% from the field or whatever it is, right? Like, like the idea that he's sacri- like, yeah, he's sacrificing in the sense, but look, again, I, I just say this for context. Glenn Robinson was 21.9 points a game his rookie year. Ray Allen, like, topped out at 23 points a game. We know what, like, scoring a lot of points in the NBA is. Chris Middleton last year was sixth in the league in minutes, either sixth or seventh. He was tied with Westbrook for minutes, and he squeaked up to 20 points a game. I think it was 20.1, right? So, like, this idea that... (sighs) No, okay. I lost my train of thought. This idea that like that, that like somehow we're building up. Oh, like yeah, he sacrificed. What did he sacrifice? He's a borderline scorer. Like a lot of guys, like twenty points a game has been not, the threshold for scoring for a long time. They score he's a not, lot like, of points. Sacrificing like how Kobe had that streak of like thirty point games, and then Shaq came back, and Shaq was not getting the touches. So Kobe sacrificed like the twenty eight games of a thirty point game or something like that in a row to start giving him more buckets. I'm I'm. Sure. I'm gonna quiz you one more thing that that no one else has talked about. And again, these mm-hmm. are just these are just one off stats. If you hear this and you say, "Hey, there's a counter to that argument," I say, "Hey, listener," I say, "Fine." But how many times do you think another threshold for scoring is 30 points a game? But how many times do you think this, this year, year Chris has scored 30 points? Maybe one. This year, the answer is one. It was Game Three against the Knicks. I think I'm still right about that. When I looked a couple of weeks ago. So again, doesn't matter that I sure we could say that's a sacrifice. I'm sure the part 36 people will say, well, if he just stayed, that's the other thing about part 36. There hasn't been a single game all year where you were like, man, if only he would have stayed in, he'd have been fr-. Yeah, like, he's always true. gassed at the end he's of games. Right? He's always like <laughs> kind of invisible at the end of games. There's like, if he would have stayed in, it's just as reasonable to assume that he'd have made four, one out of his next four or five shots. So, you know, I think he's playing what he can play, but again, whatever, I think he's a contributor so on the positive, yeah, let's, tip, let's end this on a positive note. If so what, he, do you, what do you got positive us? Man, if he can remake himself and continue, like, I don't think he's that good defensively. I, whatever. Like, I don't think he's that good defensively. I don't think he's that good of a rebounder, but I think he can be above average. And I do think that he's longer than Brogdon. And in some ways he can throw his weight around a little bit better. And the thing is, Brooke Lopez is boxing everybody out anyway. And I think Meritich is coming, man. The good yeah. news is Meritich is coming, and Meritich mm-hmm. is a no, exactly dog. Meritich is a dog. So, so check it out. <laughs> Best case scenario, you know Bledsoe. Bledsoe doesn't care if he misses six straight threes. Yeah. Bledsoe's going to keep shooting. So we've got Giannis, who's never scared. And we have Bledsoe, who's never scared. And we've got Malcolm, who's just straight clutch. And Lopez, who like is more of a first half player in a lot of ways, but Lopez is going to pull. And then we have Miritich, who is a soldier. And if Chris can just turn himself in, I know this is like a name people would like recoil against, but like if he can make himself mm. like Boris Diaw mm-hmm. from the Spurs. Boris Diaw was fat, couldn't jump, but like Boris Diaw, like <laughs> like he like they're they're in the finals against LeBron, and they were letting like Boris Diaw take LeBron one on one with some back help. And if he can just embrace his do everything role, cause I think he's a good, yeah, pass. I think he's he, a, he brings a lot to the floor and um, he's a bad dribble. Game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If he can just be the Jack of all trades and, and then if he's hot, keep shooting. Like we said before, if he's hot, keep shooting. But even the articles like the sharks article that praise him are like, um, well really his shot has to be dropping for him to be effective. And it's like, yeah, yeah right? that's an all-star, huh? I mean, you know, that's fine if you're Dirk, you know, circa like 20, oh, not, you know, 2010 or something like that. But like, whatever. I think there's a really good chance, though, that he just makes himself into a little bit more of an unselfish player and just a fit in guy. And if Miritich comes in and, and is what we think he can be. He can drink Chris's milkshake. We don't need Chris to force any of this stuff. If if he steps into his line drive three and it's going this night, great. We're going to win. Because that's the other thing. And the one thing I'd, I'd, I'd advise anybody who wants to be a free thinker. I hate to say it like that. Go, 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 go look at the game logs sometimes for some of these games. Again, just kind of go look. And, and I said this last year, and it was a thought experiment last year, and I think it's more true this year. Last year we said that 
and you know, the Bucks were hard up for good wins. So last year, like we could remember the good wins. We were like, man, remember how we beat the Spurs twice? And remember like uh, all the Sixers fans tried to take over the BC and you know, like we remembered yeah. the second half big wins, right? Last year. And we were like, yeah, Chris wasn't really great in a lot of those. This year, we've got a lot of good wins. Warriors win. We got the Warriors win. We got the Blazers. Denver we beat the Raptors. You know, what, three out of four against the Raptors. Yes, the Denver games. He hit a couple big shots in some of those games. It yeah. was usually one it's big shot. always like shot. one big shot. But if you look at the big Raptor, right, it's usually one. But again, he's good for one big shot. I think that's the role he should fall back into. So do I want to pay him? No, not really. But again, if Horace thinks it's it's more appropriate to retain the asset, then I have to defer to the person who actually does this for a living. It's not like I want him gone. I want everybody to stop living in this fantasy land that was perpetuated by people who don't watch the Bucks. And our local guys were just like, yeah, but we really like him. We really think like th- like they start Great talking about his gravity there. and stuff. And it's like, yeah, he has gravity. That's the kind of thing you say about a person when they're not playing well. Like you don't talk about. Yeah, you talk about Steph Curry's gravity in relation to KD to like split some hair as to who's better between the two of them. But y- you start talking about defense and like, oh, lob passes and stuff like that when the guy's not playing well. And he like if he plays five games, one of them is going to be awful. And one of them is going to be pretty good. And three of them are going to be like, eh, six for 16, yeah. you know, five for 11. And 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 that's that's what he is. He had a monster hey, all-star I mean, game. And that's give it up all you him. can ask for, I guess. Uh, I'm going to take that as your final thought. And then I'm just going to drop in my little bit here. And that's just, I think, what we're going to see. And I think I'm going to stay on this hill for the rest of this season, barring any, any like major change in Chris's game. I think you're going to see him walk. He's going to get paid. Somebody's going to pay him. Uh, and then... We're going to probably keep Miritich, elevate him into a larger role because I can't imagine he's going to have a huge one as of right now just based on the amount of minutes and how many people they have to go to right now. But I think... But as a thought yeah. as a thought experiment for that, let's say he's on the Pacers next year. And I ask people because people need to think about this. He's on the Pacers next year. Are you scared of Chris Middleton no. on the Pacers or anywhere else? I was no, I was more scared of Jabari not. Parker so going that's somewhere not the else. Only I'm argument. more scared of Jabari Parker, kind of still, just because I feel like his potential is still untapped. I feel like we're, we are seeing the best of Chris Middleton right now. Yeah, and that's fine. Again, he mm-hmm. rose to the level of his own incompetence. He's yep. a six-man or a spot starter. It's totally cool. I think we've got him this year, so it's great. But, like, I kind of still think Lazarus and Eaton's are killers. And I kind of feel like yeah, they, they have to. I kind of feel I don't, but but like then the thing is, why do they prop him up for the All Star game? Maybe it's like it. Maybe it's like his right, farewell like, tour. Ma- yeah, maybe or maybe he's just that cool with Giannis. But again, from the articles, like he wasn't that cool before. Giannis likes everybody yeah, though. Like people need to get off that. of that. Like like Giannis like Jabari, Giannis like Kid, Giannis like MCW, mm-hmm. Giannis likes everybody. So. And he wants to compete against everybody. You're like Giannis loved Thon, yeah, that right? Was like his brother, like, where's Thon at? That's what he said, he was like his little brother. Now he's in yeah. Detroit, right? So, so again, people, you can love Chris, but just because the blue check marks are on your side in this, and many of which like don't watch the Bucks, like miss me with these illogical arguments. Try to make a logical argument, and your best argument is that you know, with the cap that you might as well pay him because he's an asset at least then. And if we let him go, it's not like we have 35 million to spend. And a lot of people are like, Oh, don't you understand this? Hey, dummies. Right. Uh, don't you understand the cap? And it's like, yeah, not especially, but yeah, I'll take your word for it. I, I understand that concept. So you're saying we might as well pay him again. That doesn't invalidate what I've been saying for three years, which is like, Hey, can we flip him for this guy or that guy or the other guy? And all those guys would have been great, man. If we'd have flipped him for Paul George, like I said, that'd have been great. Uh, but so we're you gonna know, find whatever, you right? on the internet like the to tell 43, you these 43 and 14. logical arguments. Just be just logical. Just be logical. Just be straight up. Like, don't try to like just be honest. Just be honest. You've watched a million bat we've all watched a million basketball games. Like he looks like Kobe Bryant from like the yeah. farewell tour. You know, and it, along with the fadeaways from 16 feet. I I, I think I'd be ha- totally happy if we need a bucket in the playoffs, giving him his ISO from 16 feet. I think it's a good thing. Like, 
I'm totally fine with this game. We just gave them too much. Why? Because Jason Kidd was our coach and we were a bad team. And sometimes bad teams have players like putting up pretty good numbers. D'Angelo Russell, right? Like, like this stuff happens. Like we watched the league too long to think that like this guy is really some transcendent star. He's not. And the, whoever posted that thing, I'm getting, I'm sorry, I'm doing it. There was like something like, oh, you know, out of all the players who were like seven, and it was like some weird like uh, grouping meant to like there was like, there's four players who were 17, five and four and shooting 37.4 from three. And it was like Chris and Paul George and Steph and like Katie. And it's like, OK, yeah, but they're all 28 points per game. And they're they're, I think, also all shooting better from three. But it's like and it's like something yeah, to be true can. and still be a lie. And it's like if you're saying that that's true, but yeah, you're, I mean, but you you're can basically form stats to, like I said, you can form stats to really fit any argument if you work hard enough. Um, but anyway, so I think that this has been a great conversation. I'm glad. I, thanks for coming on because I think that this it was a great time to have this discussion. We're in the All Star break. Next game's on Thursday against Boston, which will be a fun one, and uh, we'll have a lot more. What win? Bucks win. Oh, well, that's yeah. I Bucks mean, come win. On, that's obvious. I don't. I, I don't go into any game anymore thinking that we're gonna lose. Like, if we lose, I'm surprised. Like I was at the Magic game when we lost. So I was like, I was still surprised, even though Giannis was out. But uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm I'm happy and excited to get through the second half of this season. See what what happens this postseason. Keep bringing you guys episodes. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jakubitz. It's at J A K U B I C Z. Uh, David Dunn at David Dunn twenty one, right? Follow Tatonia World on YouTube. Just dropped a new video. You want to plug it? Drop the trailer. Yep. Yeah, drop the trailer over the weekend. Um, probably my last video. Probably never do another <laughs> one. But I dropped the trailer. Third um, time so retiring. You can check that out. Um, it, yeah, I'm like the Sugar Ray Leonard of of um, <laughs> boutique bucks videos. But yeah, if you if you'd like to check that out, that's great. It kind of that was well received. The Thon Maker one was really well received. I was pretty gratified with that because that's the one time you feel like you've been, you know they made a trade and you've got twenty four hours to make something and um you know that was kind of fun. That that one was that one got like twenty thousand nice. views on Twitter or something like that. So that, that was that was that was a nice one. But yeah, you, you know, if you know if you know who I am, you, you are you know. Yeah, who so I hit am. us up and both that, with your thoughts cool. on Chris Middleton uh, going forward. Love to have some good discussions with you guys, uh, disagreeing or agreeing with us, and uh, appreciate you listening. Uh, so thank you again. Keep an eye out for the next episode coming next week. Cheers.